Hello and welcome to another episode of Harney's Practically Speaking. I'm here again, Rachel Graham, one of the transactional partners at Harney's in London. And today I'm delighted to say I'm joined again by Kerry Graziola, a director of Harney's Fiduciary. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Rachel. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me back again today. Oh, no, it's my pleasure. And today we're going to return to that lovely subject of economic substance. But this time we're actually going to attempt to talk about it in a very practical sense and provide listeners with some guidance about what they might be able to do in the BVI itself in order to create substance for any of their entities that are conducting a relevant activity that requires compliance under the economic substance legislation in the BVI by way of people or decision making happening in the BVI. Okay, Kerry, should we kick off with the type of entity which I think will probably be most relevant to our, our listeners as the majority of entities in, in the BVI are usually holding companies of some sort. And as we've discussed before, there is a relevant activity of holding business which applies to pure equity holding entities, which again, as we discussed before, but just by way of a quick refresher, is a very narrow definition. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially the business of holding equity participations and the receipt of only dividends or capital gains, I think. So presumably for those companies, those types of entities, because they have very limited substance requirements under the legislation, there, there isn't actually that much that, that they need to do. That's a great place to start, Rachel. So as you mentioned, the threshold for compliance for holding business or pure equity holding entities is much lower than it is for the other relevant activities. So let's start with that one. And as you mentioned, it is based on the nature of the jurisdiction. It is going to be the most common type of relevant activity if an entity is performing one. I would add, as you said, that the classification is quite narrow. So if an entity is performing something other than that very narrow description of holding equity participations and receiving only dividends and capital gains, then it would take it out of scope. So I'll just start by saying once the entity is happy with the classification and has made that determination, what can they do to make sure they have adequate substance in place? We're talking about in-scope entities today. Exactly. It's, it's people yeah. who have been classified, carrying on a relevant activity. What do they do next? Yes. Okay, so great. The most simplest form of this relevant activity is quite passive in nature. You know, an entity holds shares in another entity and, you know, that's all it does. It doesn't, you know, actively participate in the operations of the subsidiary. So in the most simplest form, the, the ITA have made it quite clear that the presence of the registered agent um, in the BPI will be considered to be sufficient. So it's quite appropriate and practical that the number of employees worldwide and in the BBI would be zero, you know, because there is no employees needed to manage a passive equity holding entity. Where it becomes a little more complicated and where there is that requirement is where there's more active management of the subsidiary or the downstream operations um, which the company holds. So the other scenario is where an entity actively manages its equity participation. So in instances like that, it may be appropriate for the entity to outsource that activity to a 
suitably qualified employee in the BVI. So it really depends. There's a determination there in terms of active versus passive management that, that needs to take place before any compliance measures are put in place. So in terms of just going back briefly to the passive pure equity holding entity, is there any merit in it doing something on an annual basis to just check that it is complying with its statutory obligations? Is that something that you think service providers in the BVI are, are able to do on behalf of the company? Perhaps they're po- appointing a company secretary or something. I, d- I just want, you know, there will be clients out there who, who perhaps want to future-proof themselves or, or more take a bit more of an active approach towards compliance. That's a great point, Rachel. Um, So taking a step back, one of the compliance requirements for holding business is compliance with the BBI Business Companies Act. So this is an opportunity for service providers to assist companies in assessing what those obligations are and whether they are in compliance with the BBI Business Companies Act. A company secretary appointment could fulfill that role and certainly will provide some value-added services in assessing whether the company is in compliance with the legislation. Right, thank you. So should we move on to finance and leasing business? Because although not as common as holding business, there are certainly particularly in group structures, there'll be companies that perhaps do fall within this category. And I wondered whether we could discuss just two different examples, because I know that clients of mine generally fall into one or other of these two buckets. So they either are a, a relatively passive entity, perhaps with one interest bearing loan that it has made to another member of the group or to somebody else for whatever reason to a third party. And the fact that it is interest bearing has brought them within the financing and leasing business head. What should they do? Yeah, so that is in the context of a group structure, it is quite common to have interest bearing loans. So there are a number of companies that find themselves in this category and therefore having to establish substance in the BVI. So the key differentiating factor for financing and leasing and other relevant activities, excluding holding business, is the need for direction and management in the BVI. Yeah. So you can look at it from two angles here. The entity can appoint BVI directors if it already hasn't. But um, I guess they can, they, they, they can fly in or fly out. Yes, they, they could yep. you know, come to an arrangement whereby they appear in the BVI to conduct the core income generating activities for the financing and leasing business. Another option is to look at making sure that the board meetings are only in, in relation to the relevant business in the BVI. So anything else that's not relevant can still be conducted outside of the BVI. The ITA have made clear that you know, they, they do understand the situation and that meetings may not be possible, even given the guidance. So, you know, we would just recommend that the entities document robustly their considerations and their intentions, and that it was not possible to conduct the meetings in the BBI. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I think it seems to me that that slight relaxation of the of the rules because of COVID-19 is, is probably going to continue at least till the end of this year, just because it's it's just going to be too difficult. I think, you know, even if there is a relaxation in, in travel, there will be people who, for all sorts of reasons, don't want to travel. 
Yeah. One of the other options which we see quite common in financing a leasing business is the provision of an outsourced accountant. So this can tick two boxes, two requirement boxes for economic substance. The first being adequate expenditure in the BVI. So the entity can show that it has engaged someone in the BVI and is incurring expenditure in the BVI. And then that would go towards its reporting. And the second box that that would tick is the employees box. So that would count towards having adequate and suitably qualified employees in the BVI. Now, accounting in itself is not really a form of poor income generating activity, but it could be argued that it is a form of monitoring the loans, which would assist the BVI director or the directors in performing the core income generating activities for the financing and leasing business. Yes, I mean, of course, I mean, ultimately, BVI directors have a, an obligation to be able to ascertain the financial position of the company at any given moment in time and obviously having a an an accountant on hand that can help them view and keep balance sheets and profit and loss statements etc up to date and and particularly in relation to uh, the repayment of loans and interest payments and that sort of thing um, so I can yes I can see why an outsourced accountant would be a uh, a useful thing to a use, useful person to consider. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention one other thing. So the use of premises or where that core income generating activity is conducted by the outsourced employee and the BVI resident director could be considered the premises of the company where the core income generating activity. So actually another box can be ticked there. And we've seen, you know, sort of soft licensing agreements um, being put in place whereby the entity has exclusive rights to use a portion of time um, at time a certain premise. premises. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so that could, that would tick the premises box. So I think box. I think the good the good news is that people shouldn't worry that if they are conducting a relevant activity that requires substance in the BVI, that they are not required to go out and you know lease a premises for, on an annual basis or or anything like that when really it's only the seeger that needs to happen in the bvi and and for many financing and and leasing arrangements and really we're really talking about financing is monitoring loans which perhaps need to be done quarterly half yearly or even just annually so one doesn't need to uh, expend a huge amount of money in the bvi to to tick the right boxes yeah Brilliant. that's right and and also it has to be taken in context i mean if if it's entirely passive as the example has stated you know do, do, does it really need a person full-time you know sat in a building for a whole year most likely not <laughs> so it's it's got to be taken on a pragmatic approach Absolutely. So that leads quite nicely into a situation where you've perhaps got multiple entities within somebody's group with various interest bearing loans or loan arrangements that have some element of consideration, which is, as we know, one of the key elements of being falling within that category. Is there anything in addition that perhaps those entities should have a think about? Because they're probably less passive they may be a bit more active in in their provision of credit yeah i mean the key here is is to ensure that there's a number you know an adequate number of suitably qualified employees that that are performing the SIGA, whether those are located in the bvi for direction and management or it's a board that you know may plan to come to the bvi you know COVID aside that would work it's just ensuring that everything is documented and that it is a commensurate of 
on the actual activities of the entities in question. If it's more active, then yes, there would there would be the need for more employees. You know, they might, they might need to, yeah, they might need to do a little bit more to to make sure exactly. that they they comply. But again, I think a lot of the time, I think it's it is case by set case. It is commensurate with what they do and. It needs to be practical and and you know the ita ha has said that they are going to take a practical and pragmatic approach to compliance so that's something to bear in mind okay thanks very much for that um now moving on to an area which i have to put my hand up and say i know very little about but i know you know more than i do um which is uh, the relevant activity of fund management business now this uh, affects a reasonable number of, of people in the BVI, reasonable number of entities, but it's, it is a very specific head, I, I think I'm right in saying, and it, it is the conduct of an activity that requires the legal entity to hold a very specific investment business license under our Securities and Investment Business Act. And if someone does hold one of those licenses, they will be required to have or conduct their core income generating mm. activities in relation to that part of their business in the BVI. What can we, what can people do if they find themselves in the position where they don't have people in the BVI and they don't want to relocate their current employees to the BVI? Yeah. Do, do we have a solution? We certainly do. Uh, so as you mentioned, this is a, a very specialized field. There aren't many people in the, physically in the BVI that can provide these very specialized core income generating activities uh, physically in the BVI. What I can say is that uh, we've teamed up with a local investment advisor to provide a package to fund managers, which I think will be really attractive. So the investment advisor um, that we've teamed up with is a locally licensed entity and regulated by the Financial Services Commission um, in the BVI. And the, the package that we're looking to provide to fund management entities is a, a BVI resident direction, director with the suitable expertise to perform SIGA in the BVI, and also to provide investment research and advisory. Again, like you mentioned, investment advisors are typically not physically present in the BVI or investment yep. managers as well. It's quite a big undertaking to ask those types of businesses to relocate to the BVI. So I think this package will be um, attractive to those entities that find themselves in the situation where they need to provide SIGA in the BVI. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if we just quickly move on to our last topic, which I think relates to entities that find themselves conducting head headquarters business, are there some solutions available for those? Yes, certainly. So again, the relevant activity needs to be directed and managed in the BVI. So the appointment of BVI directors is key here. Also, based on the nature of, of what headquarters do in the, in the typical sense, you know, they manage the, the operations of affiliated group companies. So what we found helpful here is the appointment of a BVI-based chief financial officer, to yep. assist with not only the accounting for the company itself, but also to look at the group as a whole in terms of consolidating the operations of the group from an accounting perspective, yep. which would be considered part of SIGA for headquarters business and monitoring. Yes, because uh, I, I understand that you know, where a company is conducting headquarters business, they're quite often incurring expenditure on behalf of other 
entities within within the group and then charging that back and that kind of thing so ha having a cfo or, or other suitably qualified employee based in the bvi who can help monitor that process i think would be really helpful mm. Yes, absolutely. And of course, the premises where the CFO sits would be considered the premises where the CEGA has taken place. So again, that ticks the employees and premises and direction and management off. Absolutely. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, hopefully our listeners have found something practical and useful in the topics that we've discussed today. Kerry, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure we'll come up with another topic that you can come and talk to us about again. Uh, but, but for now, thanks very much and talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's been a pleasure.